Corinthian, then we do not know the purpose that God has for each of us here this morning. And so I think it's, it's very important. The world tells us one thing, and God tells us another thing. I, I'm reminded of a little boy that uh, he was in first grade, and, and he went to school, and he was in the playground, and he, 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 he come running home from school that day, and he, he came into his mom, and, and he, he said, Mom, Mom, where did I come from? Whoa. Mama thought, oh, no, how first grade, you know, uh, this little young. Uh, and so she thought, well, Dad will be home in a few minutes. And she told him, well, you just go play. And when Dad comes home, he'll answer that question for you. And so Dad gets home and Mom prepares Dad and says, you never guess what our first grader, you know, did today when he came home. He wants to know where he came from. Oh, no, we, we knew that was coming. We were thinking it was going to be a little bit later down the road. So Dad musters up everything he can. He goes in, he begins talking to the little boy, and, and he says, starts as, as, he, as, as, as he can get down on his level in first grade, beginning to explain to him the birds and the bees and where he came from. After he got through, after Dad fumbles through all the, the things that he said, he says, well, son, why did you ask that question? And uh, the little boy said, well, Johnny said he was from Chicago. I just wanted to know where I was from. <laughs> so we, we, you know, when we ask this question, why do I ask? Why do I exist? Why am I here? You know, we, we've got to understand what God's purpose is for us being here today. Uh, why were you born? What is the meaning of our lives? And why were we put here on planet Earth? Is there a reason? Is there a meaning for life? And, you know, that's the question that everybody is really seeking the answer for. Now, some don't really want to know. Some, some don't care. But we know that God has put us here for a reason. And thank God I was raised in a Christian home. Thank God my parents took me to Sunday school and church where I could learn firsthand about God. But you know, that's not true of many people today. And so God has us here also. And another sequel to this would be later, why does the church exist? Yeah, I understand those barks. We had one that had that, and praise God, they do grow out of it, but until you get there, it's really mind-boggling. And so, so uh, yeah, we understand. Think it for a moment. What could be more important to us to understand than why we are here? In any endeavor that we do, we must understand what its purpose is. You know, at, 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 at the hospital when I was working there, I had to explain to my staff what the outcome was going to be. What are, why are we doing this? What's the purpose of, of this procedure? And, and so today, we have to prepare for life and understand what is our purpose here? Is it just to have fun and just to play and do all those things? Or do we have another purpose in life? We hear from the atheist, 
The atheists refuse to know anything about God. They don't want to know anything about God because they don't want to have their party stymied by any rules or regulations that they think. And so they certainly don't accept the fact that God has a master plan. There are cynics out there, and, and, and they scoff at the possibility of, of knowing any of these things. And they have a wide disagreement over the question and, and what its answer might be. You have the scientists who try to put life in a bottle and in a test tube. And they, they try to come up with the meaning of life and where the beginning of life and all of this kind of stuff is, but they start with the wrong things. I'm always reminded of the, uh, of the devil and, and Jesus getting together and, and the devil says, oh, you're nothing. You're nothing. He says, I can do anything you do. And, and so God says, well, why don't you create a man? And uh, he says, you, he said, go first. And so God created a, a human being and gave him the breath of life. And then the devil proceeded to start. And he started gathering up some of the dirt. And God said, whoa, whoa, hold on a second here. You've got to get your own dirt. See, see, the scientists, you know, a lot of people were worried about what would that do to Christianity if they could create life? All would show is that it takes an intelligent being to do it. They haven't created. They, they talk about all these things that they've created. They really haven't created anything out of nothing. God spoke the word, and it came into being. Difference. Philosophers. They cannot discern it through meditation and discussion. You know, you got all these religious people and all these religions of the world, and they think they've got the answer. But you know, in all the world religions, you look at the world religions, and the people serve their God. But in Christianity, our God serves us. All man-made gods are made to be served, but... The Creator God, He created us and serves us. Educators cannot teach it if they have not been taught themselves. Education keeps getting out there. We keep getting smarter and smarter, but you know what? We really become dumber and dumber because we haven't gone back to the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Astrologers, they dazzle us with their tricks that reveal nothing of value. You know, now the latest movie, Gravity, you know, getting out there in space. I mean, have you heard recently that they're putting together a team to go to Mars and to colonize Mars? I don't know what for, but anyhow. They're just going to take the problems of Earth and put them on Mars <laughs> if they don't take God there. You know, it's, it's amazing. They get out there and you have fortune tellers and you have all these type of things who contact the spirit world, who are actually demon spirits, and, and, and talking about the meaning of life. Now, I have to say, you know, one of the things I, I, I have a difficulty is with, and don't raise your hands if you do this, is Christians that are always reading their horoscope. I only need God to tell me if I'm going to have a good day. You know? I don't need all that mumble-jumble. And I'm not saying it's a, 
you know, you can joke about it. I, I opened up the fortune cookie. <laughs> and, uh, and it's amazing what they say. But, you know, God is the one. That's why. And we have theologians today who do not believe this book, who do not believe the Bible. Oh, they, they quote it and they talk all around it. But they don't believe that Jesus is the literal Son of, G, of God, the one and the only begotten Son of God. They don't believe in creation. They believe in it, it evolved and they believe in the Big Bang Theory. Wow. Most of the people live their entire lives without a clear clue as to why they are here. And the sad thing is that sometimes people in the church don't understand why they're here. They drift aimlessly unconcerned about the answers of life's greatest questions, the why of life, the why of death. Others enjoy debating the meaning of life, but never arrive at the correct answers. Many conclude that mankind is a little more than the product of evolution or just plain dumb blind luck. But I believe that God has a plan. The world is experiencing an explosion of knowledge. Man, the internet has opened up. I mean, you can just search forever on a single word. And I'm not saying that's all a bad thing. But it can be if we use it wrongly. But the more and the more and the more knowledge we get that seems the further and the further we get away from a God consciousness in our world. Amen? So why such an ever-worsening moral decline comes along such an astonishing age of, 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 of enlightenment? It's because they start with the wrong foundation. They start without God. So why and are we here and, and where do we go from here? You know, just recently, I mean, we had the political scene where it looked like we could default on our debts as a nation. And, you know, it seems like that as we get more educated, we ought to become to the point where we could get along a lot easier. But it goes back to the, the old deal of good and evil. It goes back to, to the garden. You know, why is there more disease, more pollution, more poverty, more ignorance, more wars, more terrorism, more crime? Look right here in Tulsa. When I moved here back in 1973, we didn't hear about a murder every day. But we do today, don't we? And not just one, sometimes multiple murders. Senselessly. Slavery. Who would think that we have slavery? But, but people are kidnapping girls and putting them into slavery and selling them you know, on the Internet. Girl in Weatherford we've been praying for in a prayer group that I'm with. 
she got mad at her parents and went out and and they believe she got sold into slavery. There are always people waiting to take advantage. More and more divisions between people. Why? With the passing of time comes more problems, not less. Because man is looking in the wrong direction. Individually, people never seem to be more incapable of addressing or overcoming their personal problems. I don't remember people having all these personal problems when I was younger. Maybe they hid them. I don't know. I'm sure that there were some. But it seems like today, I mean, people are on all kinds of meds because they can't cope. I don't know whether it's because of our bad diets or what. But anyhow, it seems like our world is getting worse and not better. The well-known presidential historian Peggy Noonan summarized man's complex problems in this jumbled history this way. In the long ribbon of history, life has been one long stained and tangled mess. Full of famine, horror, war, and disease, we have thought we had had it better because man had improved. But man really doesn't improve, does he? Man is man. Human nature is human nature. And the impulse is to destroy, coexist with the desire to build and to create and make better. Who could disagree with that? It seems like there are people out there today that that's their whole goal in life. I mean, look at the TV shows we got on today. When I grew up, it was Leave it to Beaver and My Father Knows Best and, and things like that. Roy Rogers, the good cowboy with a white hat. And today we have scandal and revenge and, and, and things like that that are on TV. Everybody's enticed with that. The writer of Ecclesiastes put it this way. In verses 8 through 14, he says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. The writer of Ecclesiastes has searched the whole earth and looked for a reason for life and why we are here. Verse 9, he goes on, he says, not only was the teacher wise, but he was also imparted with knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find the right words, and he wrote, what, what he wrote was upright and true. And the words of the wise are like goads. Their collected sayings are firmly embedded nails given one by one. The shepherd, be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. And of making many books, there is no end. And such wearies the body. Now that all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter, to fear God and to keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including everything that is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Everything is meaningless. It seems like the more we get and the more powerful things that we have, the further things go downhill. Look at the video games. I mean, I remember when the first one came out, Pong, and you're going, you remember that? Just trying to keep that ball on the screen, you know, Pong. I remember that. And now you got these Call of Duty things and all different kinds of, of, of video games out there where it's shoot and kill. 
And they're even going to the evil side. Jeremiah says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future. But we keep searching, and the world keeps searching in the wrong places. Psalmist says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Because God is the only one that gives us the proper foundation to build our world upon. Look at what's happened in America here recently. And I may have to shorten this sermon down a little bit, so forgive me if I don't get all the way through it. But, but I want to share some, some very important things. It is, it is so important for us to know that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Without the church in America today, I know a lot of people are putting down the church, and and, uh, Jeff talked a minute ago about hypocrisy, and one of the saddest things about Christianity today is that the church appears to the world hypocritical. It appears that we don't believe or we don't practice what we preach. And it is so important that we understand that we, it, is, it is vitally important that every member, not just the preacher, not just the preacher, but every one of us are being looked at by, by the world as to how we live our lives. We are a witness to the world. And it's so important that we don't. Now, one of the things I do share with people, you know, people say, when people ask me, there's a lot of hypocrites in the world, in the church today. I say, well, man, praise God. Can you think of a better place for them to be? Because that's the only place I know of in the world that might make them better, that might make them right. I don't know of any other place. You know, the time when hypocrites are not welcome in a church, I'm not welcome there either. Because this is where we're going to get better. This is where we're going to make a difference because we've got God and we've got the right answers and we've got the right direction through God. In the garden, when Adam and Eve were created, there was a great choice. And this this is the foundation of what I want to share with you today. God put them in the garden, gave them this beautiful garden because He desired to have fellowship with them. That's why we're here this morning. God wants to have fellowship with us. But in order for us to be able to freely experience that fellowship that God has for us, He had to give us something called free will. Without that, we wouldn't have the ability to love God. Without the ability to choose, to make a choice, we wouldn't have the ability to choose. And so Adam and Eve are put in this beautiful garden. And it amazes me 
Because here's this garden. Trees everywhere. I mean, imagine. I mean, whatever kind of fruits you wanted, whatever kind of food you wanted, it was there. Now, I love corn on the cob. I don't know if they had corn on the cob in the garden or how they ate it, but, but you know, when, when they used to have corn boils up in Iowa after the harvest, and, and they'd just have corn cob there. I'd eat so much corn that uh, I'd get sick. But I just love corn on the cob. Nothing sweeter than better than corn, sweet corn right out of the field, just freshly picked and cooked. Uh, you know, Bixby has this green corn festival. It's, it's pretty good, but nothing compared to, to Iowa, the corn we have up there. You know, they were in this beautiful garden. And then in the center of the garden, there were two trees. One was the tree of life. God gave them the tree of life, and as long as they ate of the fruit of that tree, they would live forever. And then there was another tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil. Now, it wasn't a bad tree, because half of it was good. The other half was evil. I'm not saying there were two fruits, but I mean, if you partake of the fruit of that tree, you'd partake of the good things, you'd partake of the evil things. Adam and Eve could have had everything, but you know, isn't it human nature that if somebody tells you you can't have something, what do you want to do? I don't care what it is. Someone tells you you can't. Just tell your kids or grandkids they can't do something. <laughs> That's the one you you know you'd be better off t- not telling them they can't do it and rather distracting them because the second you tell them they can't, they're going to keep coming back to it and keep coming back after you until you try try to do it. Adam and Eve, of course, made the wrong choice. There was a consequence of eating that tree. Because God said, if the second you eat that tree, you shall surely what? Die. That's the tree that the world is eating at today. The fruit looks good. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And when Adam and Eve ate it, I'm sure at first they were enlightened. Wow. Wow. But it had a consequence. It had a consequence. The great choice came. They put God to the test. Adam and Eve at that point were cut off from God. With that decision, Adam and Eve were cut themselves off from access to God. The other tree had been guiding men and women on the nations since Adam's fateful choice. We must understand what it means for us. With that, we got human nature. We got good or evil. 
A few minutes ago we read that God created us for what? For His workmanship to do good. Good. At that point, you think about this. Adam and Eve started having separation anxiety from God. What did they first do? They went and hid themselves because they discovered they were naked. Were they naked before? Yes. But they did not have that revelation. And now, with that, they begin to hide themselves. Sin will separate us from God and cause us to hide ourselves from Him. Sin will cost us more than we want to pay. Excuse me, pay. Keep us longer than we want to stay. Wow. That's what sin does to us. From that point on in the garden, God made a plan, made a plan to bring us back. Note that Adam and Eve were sad that day. Abbreviation for separation anxiety disorder. They were sad that day. They were separated from God. Our time is up, and I'm going to move to a conclusion. God constantly has you in His heart. From the very beginning, from the very creation, God had you and I in His heart. That was His sole desire. And because of our sin... God knew, God knew, why did God give us free will? God knew that that was the only way we could love Him. What does the scripture say? We know love because He first loved us. Wow! I'm like the woman caught in adultery and all the world is accusing me. And Jesus is standing there. And I don't know what Jesus wrote in the ground, but Jesus wrote something. And then he looked at all the other individuals there and he says, Let him who has no sin cast the first stone. One by one, her accusers walked away. Jesus asked her, Where where are your accusers? She says, I I don't know. They're they're gone. I don't know if she noticed them one by one. Or, or she had been just crying so hard she didn't hear and her face was to the ground. She was just waiting for the first stone. But Jesus asked her where her... He says, and then what did Jesus say? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Jesus is the only one who can give us a reason, a purpose and for our existence, who can cleanse us of our past and give us a whole brand new future. If if any man is in Christ, the scripture says, he is a new creation. This morning, if you're outside of Jesus Christ, the reason we're here, the world tells us all different kinds of things, sends us all different kinds of directions. But the reason we're here this morning, because God loves us and he has a plan for our lives. And he can give us a purpose. Jeff hinted on it a little bit this morning in his 
offering meditation. What is the best feeling we can ever have? It's when we give. God freely gave to us, and now He wants us to freely give life to others. This morning first, if you're outside of Christ, and I believe probably everyone here this morning is already a Christian. But if you're not, we're going to have an invitation in a minute, then that's what it's all about. But if you are a Christian, then it's got to move away from being about us to being about God's will in our lives. He wants us. Greater love hath no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Why is the church here? The church is here to be a light in darkness, to show people the way that have gone out to all these other extremes and don't know how to find their way back. I love the old gospel hymn. Send the light. Send the light. Send the gospel light. Today, God wants us to take the light to the dark places where people are whining. There's got to be more to life than this. Why do I even exist? Why was I even born? It's because God loves you. That's the answer. God has a plan, and that's why we're here. I don't know what our invitation is or who's doing it. or What's our invitation song today? Without Him? Without Him?